when you pray the rosary, you are meditating on the life of our Lord Jesus Christ because the rosary leads you to meditate from the birth to his death and resurrection. For our you know, Christian brothers as well, he says, Christians who do not meditate on the mysteries of the rosary are very ungrateful to our Lord and show how little they care for all that the Divine Savior has suffered to save the world. I mean, just the prayers themselves that make up the rosary are biblically based. The Our Father was given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. The Hail Mary was given to us by whom? Exactly. We find it in Luke's Gospel. Of Luke's course. Gospel. So to come up with no, an no, idea we that we cancel, are inventing... No, we should cancel Luke's oh, Gospel. <laughs> <laughs> so we need prayer in order to be saved, or we just are going to rely merely on our faith, and that's it, do whatever you want. Welcome to Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. Welcome to this episode of Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. Salve Maria, Father Arthur. Salve Maria. Salve Maria, Brother Justin. Salve Maria. And today, as advertised, we have a program dedicated to the benefits of the mm. Holy Rosary. Wonderful. So, Father here, Brother Justin, are going to guide us, especially in topics that are seldom talked about. And now, we are all familiar, right, with this uh, beautiful principle, the family that prays together remains together and if there is something that is in crisis in these days is the family no yeah. and father if you permit i would like to start with a quotation by pope benedict because pope benedict tells us something very important he says the family that recites the rosary together reproduces something of the atmosphere of the household of nazareth its members place jesus at the center they share his joys and sorrows they place their needs and their plans in his hands, they draw from Jesus the hope and the strength to go on. And it could be something more Christocentric, right? I know our, our you know, separated brothers, you know, that uh, constantly throw stones against the rosary and devotion to Our Lady. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, you can go and argue with Pope Benedict about what, what is being said here. <laughs> so, Father, in that sense, could you, could you help us a little bit? To well, I think one consideration is that... Um, Actually, the rosary is a prayer that says to somebody, I love you. The rosary, when you're praying the rosary, you're saying to somebody that you love him. To whom you're saying that you love him? Of course, to our Lord Jesus Christ, but through Mary. And you're saying, I love you also to Mary. In the Holy Family that we just mentioned, the life in Nazareth, what was the common thing that was happening there in that family? They were all saying to each other, I love you. <laughs> so in the same way that we are saying the rosary, we can say that Mary also was saying to Jesus in the uh, house of Nazareth, to Jesus every day, 50 times, 100 times, 150 times, I love you. She was saying her rosary to Jesus. Of course, St. Joseph also. And of course, our Lord Jesus Christ also was saying to, to his father and mother, I love you, because he respected the fourth commandment. So he had to say to Jesus, to Joseph and Mary every day, "I love you." He was that was his rosary to uh, to the Holy Family. <laughs> Saint John Lutz has an interesting uh, point, which is fascinating, um, and he has a, he had a problem. People were objecting to devotion to Our Lady at that time. Um, and he has an interesting quote. His the quote is the following. To be devout to Our Lady is not to be devoted to an isolated person or being. To be devout to Our Lady is to be 
devoted to Jesus in Mary. Of course. So he saw there was no way of separating the two. Exactly. And Mary was, is, the person who was the most devoted person to Jesus, both in his humanity and in his divinity. And there's no proof to look at it in any other way. Absolutely. And our Lord Jesus Christ didn't need to have a mother. He wanted to have a mother because he uh, loved Mary and he wanted to be able to say to Mary, I love you. It is fundamental also. I mean, why so much rage against Our Lady? (laughs) Because in the end of the story, we are uh, promoting a prayer, which is the Rosary, and it's completely based on the Holy Scripture. Unless we are so ignorant that we do not know the mysteries of the Rosary, or we are not able to focus on them, because, I mean, every single mystery of the Rosary is completely backed up by strong Scripture. Also, uh, I would like also, since we are in the, in the, in the quotations today, St. Louis de Montfort says something mm-hmm. very, very interesting for our you know, Christian brothers as well. He says, Christians who do not meditate on the mysteries of the Rosary are very ungrateful to our Lord and show how little they care for all that the Divine Savior has suffered to save the world. Again, we can go and argue with, you know, St. Louis de Montfort, but the fact is uh, <laughs> we are ignoring all these beautiful mysteries. We are not using of the power of prayer. I mean, we look at the, the whole element of our Lord's life. Our Lady was always there. And what's interesting, we look at the Gospel of St. John, and Our Lady is there as the bookmark of every important exactly. event. Our Lord's passion our Lady is always there. Exactly. At the foot of the cross, Our Lady is there. Uh, at the resurrection, Our Lady is there. The, f- the fact that a person could not or does not have devotion to Our Lady is a, is a lacuna, it's a lacking. But when a person openly despises Our Lady, I don't know what's wrong with you. Of course. Because if you're being <clears throat> biblical, go to the Gospels. And see how our Lord treated her. Exactly. So, w- where is the the the, the biblical fu- uh, fundamentation hmm, of the fact that you put Mary aside? Well, wh- where do you where do you uh, base yourself to say this? You know, in uh, scriptural uh, uh, speaking. And if we are going to be serious and actually, uh, what somehow um, to 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 come with some interesting arguments in this discussion, well, we cannot be narrow-minded. I mean, the Bible is the book that is more studied in the whole history. Mm-hmm. There are is plenty of scholars out there, and we cannot just start, you know, off, off the cuff, you know, just arguing with, oh, well, but my feelings are this, or I think that. Come on, let's be serious, and let's go to the scholars that can talk. Pope Benedict in concrete is one of the main scholars in history, right, about, you know, scripture and everything else. So let's be serious, and let's bring no serious sources to the debate. We've already spoken about this many times. The, the earliest prayers asking Our Lady's intercession were very widespread throughout the church, throughout the churches, throughout the uh, Mediterranean basin. The idea that Our Lady had been cast aside at any point, there's no historic indication. The only one who was supporting a position to cast aside Our Lady was Nestorius. Mm-hmm. And what happened to him? <clears throat> this is in the 400s. Sorry. He's expelled from his diocese in Constantinople, and the church itself revolts over that and declares 
Our Lady as Mother of God, as the Theotokos. So there is no grounds for this. Going back like we always do too, to St. Justin the Martyr, right? Mm. I mean, the year 155, when he's, comp- he's explaining the faith of, of Christians, and he says, we have devotion to Our Lady. <laughs> I mean, so if we are going to go that way, we can also contradict and take out you know, all the early fathers of the church, and then go on and on and on, and we basically mm. form our own, I don't know, our we own church in the corner. At that somewhere. point, you <laughs> remove the very Gospels itself, and then move Sorry. on, that's it. Exactly. But the, the topic today, Father, was to yeah. actually talk about the benefits of the rosary. So for those who have already made their research and those who have already serious sources that can bring us towards faith in a constructive manner. So here we go. Uh, we have benefits of uh, that um, the recitation uh, of the Holy Rosary brings. And we are taking, um, as an example, as a source, San Louis de Montfort, the great Marian Apostle, course, canonized by the Roman Catholic and Apostolic Church. So there are some things that, Father, I would like to, you know, bo- bo- both of you not to, to one, comment. One first thing that we could say that when you pray the rosary, you're meditating on the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is one of the, the greatest benefits that you have because the rosary leads you to meditate from the birth to his death and resurrection. You're meditating and praying each event. You're, you're praying uh, together. Don't forget, just the prayers themselves that make up the rosary are biblically based. Our Father was given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. The Hail Mary was given to us by whom? Exactly. We find it in Luke's Gospel. Luke's of course. Gospel. So to come up with no, an no, idea we that we cancel, we should cancel Luke's oh, Gospel. No, definitely. Anyway. Well, okay. So here we have eight points, Father. So if you could help uh, the, the audience know a little bit, I, mean, I read a little bit. The first point, St. Louis de Montfort has, he says, the rosary gradually brings us to uh, the perfect knowledge of Jesus Christ. Wonderful. Exactly. Because you meditating on his life, you're actually praying the gospel. One thing is to read the gospel. You read the gospel. At church, we read the gospels. At mass. But then you pray the gospel. You pray the gospel through the rosary. You are praying each event of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're meditating on all his life, even though there are 20 mysteries of the rosary. But actually, there are much, much more. Because each event of our Lord Jesus Christ will be a mystery of his life that you can meditate. And as you go through the, the 15 or 20 mysteries of the rosary, you are going through all the events of our Lord Jesus Christ, and you are praying with these events. You are praying w- with w- what's going on with our Lord Jesus Christ, what he said, what he did, etc. So, the advantage of uh, of being linked to the life of our Lord Jesus Christ is obvious huh, in the in the rosary. The rosary is uh, Christocentric. That's very different. And also, Father, all this, uh, you know, St. Louis de Montfort, he lived in the 1700s, no? so whatever he, he explains is beautiful because he's also kind of, well, uh, defending Our Lady against the opposition that he found in his times, right? Uh, and these objections, uh, we would say that these objections that we find nowadays against the rosary, against Our Lady, um, they, they come from the 1700s already. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's very old-fashioned to come It's the same say. sources. Sounds it repeats the same thing. The same yeah. things over and over. But now, this is also the second reason he gives, Father, is related to... 
uh, prayer itself as well. No, so it says uh, the rosary purifies our souls from sin. There is something inherited in, in in the rosary, the essence of the rosary that brings the person to a certain disposition of the soul in regards to God that cleans him from his sin. Because it's a disposition in which the person is admiring the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you admire the life of Jesus Christ, you don't sin. When do you sin? When you forget our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> when you think about him, etc., uh, you think that you are on your own or thinking about nonsense, etc., then the devil comes and you can sin. But if you are meditating on the Lord Jesus Christ, it's impossible. You cannot you have a sin. And also there is something, there is a parallel no, between the recitation of the Rosary and also the recitation of the Psalms in the Old Testament. Of course. Because not somebody will say, oh, but what's the benefit of repeating over and over the same prayer? And we could say, well, then you have to cancel the Psalms too. Of course. Because the divine are, office, everything. Yeah. There is 150 Psalms. There are 150 Psalms. And they are all basically, uh, they have been repeated over and over and over, generation after generation, from King David until now. Awesome. I mean, if we're going to cancel just because it repeats the same prayer, all, then... The early church, most of the liturgies were made up of psalms being prayed in mm -hmm. choral format. So one side would, would say one part, the other one exactly. would re reply. And that was what made up the liturgical tradition of our faith. The first exactly. three, four, five, six hundred years, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. To cancel that, well, I think we're canceling a lot more than just that. Of course, it's all our, uh, our, our roots. It's, uh, it's our, our patrimony. Uh, patrimony, precisely. Okay, the next reason St. Louis de Montfort gives us is he says that praying the rosary grants us victory over the devil. Okay. <laughs> and well, it's good to say that the devil doesn't like to pray the rosary. <laughs> there are so many stories from the Middle Ages and from, from different eras of history of Our Lady appearing with a rosary and using it to beat the devil. Yeah, exactly. So, no, he doesn't like the rosary. And if he can get rid of the rosary... He does it. And even today, where we have people who blaspheme against Our Lady and against the Rosary, it's, it's interesting that when they want to degrade something religious, they use a Rosary as a, a means of doing so. It's yeah. something instrumental. It's something singular. Exactly. Yeah. So if it wasn't, why not just forget it? Why not just put it aside? It has no value. It's nothing interesting. No, because it does. It does. And this can explain why... The rosary is so much attacked. There's so much uh, uh, defamation and uh, calumnies, etc., against the rosary. Huh? There must be a reason. Therefore, it means that the rosary is something important. And there is also something. You know, when we admire someone, let's say I don't know a, a figure or or someone we know and so on. All of a sudden, somebody comes, you no, know, and points out and says, "Oh, by the way, you know, there is his mother." You no, know? and everybody, "Oh, you are the mother of so mm -hmm. and so." There is immediately a notion and a sense of sympathy. Well, we have our Lord Jesus Christ. How come that we don't have sympathy for the Mother of God? This is something. It's a basic act of education. Uh, but again, if you object to it, saying that it's not biblical. Look at St. Elizabeth. Look what she says. Mm -hmm. Blessed amongst all women. Precisely. Okay, you think you're better than all women. Okay, not bad. So, and if it's in the gospel, it means that she was inspired by the Holy Spirit. No? Oh, absolutely. Well, the it's babe not. jumped in her womb. Mm -hmm. And yeah. John the Baptist was such an amazing prophet throughout that first period in the gospels to say that he has no role. 
Of course. And don't forget, it wasn't the presence of our Lord that anointed John the Baptist. It was the words of Our Lady. Beautiful. Beautiful. So there we go, back to the scriptures. Father, let's go to a short uh, interruption here with, uh, with the commercials, and then we come back with uh, the other reasons St. Louis de Montfort gives us. So stay with us, Wonderful. and then, then we, we are back soon with more reasons that we can benefit and also the merits that are there in the recitation of the Rosary. Salve Maria! I'm Father Ryan Murphy of the Heralds of the Gospel, and I'm delighted to extend an invitation to each and every one of you. In the midst of our busy lives, it's crucial to take a moment of reflection, of solace and of prayer. That's why I would like to personally invite you to join us every day at 3 p.m. for a special and powerful devotion, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. The Divine Mercy Chaplet is a beautiful prayer that embodies the boundless compassion of our Lord. It's a time to come together as a community, regardless of where we are, and lift up our intentions, our hopes, and even our burdens to the heart of Jesus. Imagine all around the world, countless voices, uniting in prayer at this very hour. It's a moment of connection, of spiritual unity, and of seeking God's mercy in a troubled world. So mark your calendars, set your alarms, and make a commitment to join us each day at 3 p.m. Tune in and experience the transformative power of the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Let this be a sanctuary of peace amidst the noise of life. And thank you for being a part of our Heralds Canada YouTube channel. Together, let's embark on this journey of faith, hope, and mercy. I'm looking forward to praying with you every day at 3 p.m. May God's love and mercy shine upon you always. And until we meet again, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are back at the benefits and merits of the Holy Rosary. By the way, for those in the audience who would like or to, to have the same booklet we are using for this program as a source, you can go to the notes of the program and you can actually uh, come. I think this is now available in as a form of ebook. So you can receive, you know, this um, over the mail or over the email. Eh? And it doesn't have to be a physical one. And you will have here the all the different mysteries of the rosary and beautiful explanations on how the rosary is important and relevant in our life. But, but Father, this one I wanted to, to, to also... Um, bring it to your, your consideration because it says, enables us to easily practice virtue. So the rosary, the, the recitation of the rosary. Now, how, how do we, you know, in the audience there, for sure, we all struggle practicing virtue. And if we could a little bit explain. Of strength. course, because the strength comes from our Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm? When you are praying to him, he will pay you back. He gives us what he has hmm? and he gives his life. He gives his strength. He gives all the virtues that he has because he's, he's all the virtues all the, all the, that can exist are in God. So he will give you all the strength that you need to uh, go over any temptation, any difficulty, any spiritual uh, trial, etc. He will console you. He will give you strength to go ahead and to practice the virtue, meaning uh, that you will opt to do good and avoid evil. Mm. 
I think one point we have to remember with the question of Our Lady, and this is something that St. Louis and Montfort, again, he was in a very difficult era of Christianity. It was the, the Jansenist plague mm-hmm. passing through France. And he was insisting with the people about how much the love of God really existed. And he had a line that's very beautiful. He says, if you put all the love of all the mothers into one heart, it would still not be equal to the love of the heart of Mary has for one of her children. Mm-hmm. That love is impressive. Now, if that is what the love of Our Lady has for each one of us, how much more love does Our Lord have for us? Of course. So this love is there for us as long as we open ourselves up in prayer of a desire to live a virtuous life. But we have to have the desire. God's not going to force it. Precisely. Precisely. We, don't, we don't open up, it doesn't happen. God gave us free will. It's the greatest gift he gave us. But we think that God's going to somehow force it down our throat. That's insane. Completely, yeah. Number five, yes, Louis de Montfort says, the recitation of the rosary sets us aflame with the love of God. And this is goes pretty well with what the commentary. Course, exactly, exactly. No? God is love. Yeah. <laughs> so... Whatever he gives you, he's giving you love. He's giving you what, what he is, his, his essence, what contains everything that he is, you know, is, uh, is something very difficult to, um, to, to say in human words. Mm-hmm. And St. John, you know, he managed to say something uh, when he said, God is love. So God is everything that is good. And if we're going to talk about the love that our lady had, well, when we pray the rosary, basically we can participate you know, in, the, in that love she had, which is never going to take us away from, from of course, Jesus. No? Because her love takes us to Jesus. She also is love. We can also say Mary is love. Of whom? Yeah. Of Jesus. Well, it's something that St. John Wood said is that the two hearts, the heart of Mary and the heart of our Lord, were two hearts that were connected. And there was no way to separate one from the other. Beautiful. And there's no way to give too much honor to Our Lady because all of that honor is always reflected directly to Our Lord. There's never any taking or shielding of, of keeping for oneself. Everything that Mary is and was was always for the Lord. Of course. Of course. She was the humble slave of the Lord. There was nothing for her. And she's inviting us to participate on this love. Hmm? The two hearts that love each other so much because they are united by love and they want to invite us to participate in this love. Hmm? And I think that's where some people, through their own sinfulness, have a difficulty because they imagine that Our Lady would become egoistic, or selfish, or envious, av- avarice, any vice you could possibly imagine, that she would want it for herself and she hmm. would take for herself. But they got the wrong person. Exactly. <laughs> this is not Mary of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. This is not Mary, mother mm-hmm. of God. This is Mary of I don't know where. It's a different person. They got the wrong person. And that is the real fault, is that Our Lady is always directing everyone, do whatever He wants you to do. Go to Christ. Go. And if we fail that, then we've lost everything. If she was selfish, she would never agree that her son will die on the cross. Too much pain. Of course. And her standing at the foot of the cross, allowing herself to be exposed to the outrages that were going on. And another point which is impressive is that the ladies that our, uh, our mother collected amongst her were all faithful. 
The disciples, the apostles, not so much. The only one who was standing really was Mary. And by standing, she's saying, I agree. I consent. I want this. I want this redemption. In a sense, she was protecting our Lord. Next one is that the recitation of the Rosary enriches us with graces and merits. Now, we all need graces. We all need merits. And if there is something scriptural about prayer, it's exactly that. No, we see the, the, the different Psalms of King David. Mm-hmm. And there, we insist again, because you know he's always asking, no? eh, Lord, help me. Lord, look at my sin. Lord, eh, well, no? <laughs> all the prayers like that. And, and again, no, the benef- big benefit of any prayer, right, which again, the rosary is scripturally based, is exactly that, to enrich us with graces. And also, we need merits for salvation. The first merit you get is by praying yourself. Because, of course, the rosary has a certain aspect of an effort that you have to do. Oh, absolutely. You have to, you know, to pray the rosary, you can fall asleep, etc. You have to fight against it. I know, I know, since we're recalling a lot of the biblical background to it, it's really important that we remember that throughout the old, te- like in the Gospel of Matthew, we end up with the Davidic king, right? How Christ is the true descendant of David. Now we go back to the, um, to the Old Testament in which we see the person of Solomon, the son of David, and we have David. When Bathsheba goes to David, demanding that Solomon be the next king, she lays prostrate. Beautiful. Yeah. Why? Because she is the consort of mm-hmm. the king. Exactly. She's a good mother, too. Coming. But when Solomon, in, a, in the next chapter, we have Solomon now king, and his mother comes to ask something. In the same fashion, what does Solomon do? He gets a throne for her, and places her beside. Next to him. Why? Because in the Davidic kings, the queen mother had a special position of authority and of respect. Now, if that is in such a manner with Bathsheba and Solomon, how much more is it with Our Lady? Of course. And the Old Testament is plenty of typologies, right, that already pre-announce the coming of Jesus. And consequently, Our Lady is also there symbolizing many, many things to come in the future for the Church. Beautiful. So she's the manager of all the graces that God uh, has prepared for mankind. And she is the one who is going to give because she gave us the the greatest grace possible, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. So... Of course, because of this, all the other things will follow. All the other graces that come from our Lord Jesus Christ, in the same way that Jesus himself, his uh, human person, came from, human and divine person, came from Mary, all the graces that, uh, that belong to Jesus will also come through Mary to us. You, we were talking before recording, and one of the points that came up was the line of blessed Don Scotus, right? Could God do it? Would God do it? Did it, Then God did it. Exactly. We have this element in found in Scripture where Christ is called the throne of grace. He is the throne of grace. All grace is there. Mary being the manager, being the treasure house of that grace, it just makes sense. He gives her all of all of that to then dispense to his creatures, to his children. And this is in the parables, huh? Absolutely. It's in the parables. I mean the wise manager. Exactly, the wise manager. He he will become, you know, the the, the administrator of all my 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 goods. 
Absolutely. So, um, In the same manner that Jesus makes Peter his prime minister, exactly. giving him the key. In that same manner, he gives Our Lady that role of Absolutely. advocate, of the one who's going to plead our cause in our most difficult positions and, and situations. Beautiful. Seventh benefit here, supplies us with what is needed to pay all our debts to God and our neighbor, and finally obtains many graces from God. Now, we are talking about merits, right? And this is an old discussion, mm -hmm. right? Okay, are we are saved by works or we are saved by faith? <laughs> so there we go, right? So we can maybe help a little bit uh, our audience, right? And also those who, well, maybe, you know, are confused there with subjects and topics like sola scriptura. And, you know, if it is not in the scripture, I don't uh, well. There we go. So we need prayer in order to be saved or we just are going to rely merely on our faith and that's it, do whatever you want. What do we think? A faith that doesn't produce things is, is dead. Huh? The fig tree had, I think had faith. Mm -hmm. But it could have had faith. We don't really know. You know. Didn't produce any fruits. N nothing. Christ curses it. <laughs> so, so this is going to create a lot of waves, and we know, right? Because this is, I mean, since no, the 1500s, I, I mean, we have big waves. I, I, you but know. I, I find it interesting because the argument is usually that we believe somehow that we are able to buy our salvation by our works. Um, an analogy that I think is very interesting on this is more, more or less like a child um, saving up for Christmas to buy their parents a gift. The child has nothing, doesn't work, doesn't have any money. And it decides out of love, it wants to gather something to buy something for their parent. So they have a little bit of like lint, a couple buttons, maybe a broken toy. And they go with their parent to buy a gift for their other parent. And they think by putting that pocket of stuff on the table to buy their item, that their gift, that they're somehow meriting that gift. But the other parent's paying for everything. Of course. But it's the intention that counts. The child goes away very happy thinking that they bought that gift. And the child will go to their parent, I bought this for you. Everyone knows the parent, the child bought nothing. But it's the intention. And that pierces the parent's heart right, right to its core because it's a beautiful intention. The same way with uh, our, our good works. Our good works are worth very little, if anything. Of course. Exactly. But we also yeah. have some other people that totally deny, you know, the fact that works are needed whatsoever. So, I mean, you, you, you don't do anything and faith alone will save you. So, Isn't that how do presumption? we... Yes, and a certain determination. No? It means that, uh, you know, that, they, that it's enough to, to believe that God will save you, you know, uh, if he decides to save you. If he doesn't want to save you, even if you have lots of, of uh, good deeds, <laughs> you're, you're finished. But that, that, that's not God. I so mean. we don't need to pray, we don't need to do good works. No, we don't need to do uh, anything no. because uh, he decides everything. So, you know. It, it's that double determination, which is, I, I think, yeah. it's very funny. If you bring that up with children, they're horrified by the concept mm. because it's, it's not just. And Absolutely. one thing that God yeah. is, is just. Exactly. 
Exactly. So anyway, Father, I think we, we could maybe, you know, leave for another time this history of the rosary because it is, uh, the, the rosary, of course, it was no, no invention, no human invention, but rather was given by the mother of herself to St. Dominic. But it would be nice maybe to dedicate, you no know, for another program, eh, that, that, that particular story. Uh, but what could you advise families and people who are watching us that want to grow in the this habit of recitation of course the recitation of the rosary it's difficult to have a to give a better advice and first of all get a rosary <laughs> so you need to get a rosary have a rosary with you the fact that you have a rosary with you is already a prayer so even if it's in your pocket or in in your night table etc it's already a prayer and uh, it's a collection of 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 pebbles of little stones and actually, there's a story of uh, of uh, a person called uh, Paul of Egypt from the fourth century, you know, that um, he will do something in order to help him to remind him to pray. So he will take three hundred little pebbles, hmm, and he will put them in his pocket, and that was heavy. So uh, for every prayer, every Our Father or whatever he was saying, he will take a little stone and throw it away. <laughs> so he was getting lighter and lighter and lighter. <laughs> so he, he, this will help him to remind him to pray. So, you know, unfortunately, the roses are very light. But imagine if you had a, a heavy rosary in your pocket. That will help you to pray. No, okay, I have to take to my rosary. You, yeah. <laughs> and uh, if, uh, if the rosary will get lighter as much as you pray, you know, as, as you pray, the, the, the rosary gets lighter. That will even help you even more. <laughs> but we need, to, we need to have a rosary. We need to pray. And the rosary, remember that the rosary starts on the cross. So it starts on Lord Jesus Christ. And it finishes at the cross. So it shows how much the rosary is a Christocentered prayer. So we, uh, we like to recommend you to, to pray the rosary ideally every day. There are, you know, you can pray uh, five decades, one rosary a day, or two rosaries, or three, etc. Uh, the more you pray, the more you will like it, and the more you will um, have all these benefits that we have just uh, commented to you. So, um, and therefore, uh, we're going to give you the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, come upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen.